Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet Jody Patterson, a social activist, entrepreneur, and writer, Susan Packard, co-founder of HGTV, and Ayelet Sabari, an award-winning writer. Hear about the intense emotional journeys that took place behind the mic in bringing these books to life, and how their recording processes were affected by sharing their vulnerabilities. Plus, hear why one author's dream narrator would be one of her daughters. Enjoy. Hi, this is Jody Patterson. It's hard to put the book into one one thing, but when I when I look at it, mostly for me, it's about like the internal revolution. So, my daughter being gender nonconforming and the sexism that exists in families and the patriarchy and all those things that I was dealing with that many of us are still dealing with, that's almost the background almost. That's almost like the setting. But the real story that I'm telling is about my own revolution, like my internal change, my internal shift. And to me, I think that's what I wanted to speak to most. So yes, Penelope moved me. Yes, our children can change us if we let them, if we listen Things can change us. Many things can change us. People can change us. But there is change that needs to happen in in each of us. There's change that can happen in each of us. So the story that I want to listen to the most in my own book is the one where at the end I've shifted going from this unknowledgeable, silly, insecure person girl to something different, something better. It's so weird to hear your own voice. It's like when you listen to it on an answering machine or on your cell phone, it's weird. And so I thought I would practice before starting recording. I practiced in the mirror. I practiced mouth exercises. It's really hard to read your work about your life. But then it's also kind of amazing to read your work about your life. So I really liked recording the audiobook. Throat sore. (laughs) You know, some days were seven hours. I think we did nine one day. I had to remember to open my mouth and speak clearly. But I guess in the end, it was fun. It was perfect. It was a way to get me to read the words again, but also to feel the words. So you have to actually stop and pause. You have to look at every single word and remember why you wrote that word. I mean, it could have been another word, but you wrote that word. You have to sometimes not look at the words, feel the words. I had to close my eyes a lot and kind of just like let it roll. And so it was a great experience to kind of get to know the book again and again and again, (laughs) five days in a row straight. I loved it. I would do it again. I realized I have no clue how to pronounce my ex-husband's name. Is it Serge? Is it Serge? Is it Serge? (laughs) Throughout my life, I've changed it depending on my mood, right? And so in the book, I was trying to bring some consistency to his name And it didn't work. I mean, I was all over the place. Serge, Serge, Serge. He's not French. He's Swiss German. So it's really not Serge. It's closer to Serge. It's funny when you don't know how to pronounce your ex-husband's name. When I wrote the book over the course of a couple of years, I was sitting at home a lot by myself at a desk looking out. And I was crying a lot. You know, these are memories dating back as far as my childhood. And then stories dating back three generations, four generations before me. So many of the stories were emotional for me. So I'm I'm writing and crying a lot over the last few years. 
And I think when I'm reading it, you can hear my voice crack at times. I was trying to not let it, you know, completely fall apart into sobs. But I think if you listen, you can hear me struggling in some parts. Like the first chapter is really hard and the chapter on my dad dying is really hard. The moments where where I talk about my relationship with Joe, where I see where I wasn't doing enough. So when I'm reading it, you can hear me bending in words and cracking a little bit. And I hope that my humility around this, around family stories comes through. In reading it on your own, you might not know if I'm being sensitive or if I'm being funny or if I'm about to break. But I think when you when you hear me read it, you'll catch all the nuances in my throat when it's clenching or when it's really open and soft, when it's matter of fact. I hope all of that comes through. I have like a stack of books of the writers that I drool over and admire and read and reread. Baldwin sits probably at every one of my favorite spots in the house, next to my bed, next to my pink chair. Toni Morrison, hands down. Of course, Maya Angelou. The few times I've heard her speak live, I've, I've met her, but when I heard her speak live, I thought, wow, I want to I wanna be <laughs> next to her <laughs> always. So if they were to narrate my work, of course, that would be a dream. If I had to think about someone today alive, maybe my daughter, Georgia, could read it. She would bring justice, like, really spot on. My daughter is witty and funny and sassy and smart and analytical. She'd be great. She gets me, probably a lot better than anyone else. But another person who I just recently got into, I'm a little behind, is Roxane Gay. Her stories have this, I mean, they're feminist stories, they're stories of brown people, they're stories of travel, they're stories of heartbreak, and they're funny. (laughs) She's really funny. And if she were reading my work, that would be cool. We are, we are readers in my family. We read books all the time. We read them out loud. We share the books. We underline. We share our notes on books. I mean, I can remember as far back as like, I don't know, three or something, three, four, five, mom reading books to us all the time in our bunk beds, in the backseat of a car on a long trip. I remember books that had cassettes as well. So we would read the book and then we would hear the book. Free to Be You and Me was one of those books Corduroy was a favorite book of mine. I still have it. I have several copies of it. So many books. So my mom read to us. I've read to all my kids. Three kids in grade school, I'm still reading to them, reading with them, or they're reading to me all the time. I love sharing stories with my kids. Hi, this is Susan Packard. If I had to describe in one word, what it felt like to record my audiobook, it would be intense. I never thought I'd have the whole panorama of feelings that I had these last three days in recording this book. I didn't even have those feelings writing the material, but there was something about saying the words that was a different experience for me, and intense is a good word to pretty much describe how I felt these last few days. What inspired me to write the book was actually my first book, because as I was working my way through my first book and I got to the leadership section, which was the very end of the book, I began to write about this idea, which at the time I called emotional maturity, and 
I realized that there was a lot of material here that I really wanted to talk about in another book that had its own voice and its own focus rather than New Rules of the Game, the first book. So it was almost like as I finished my first book, I thought to myself, I'm not finished. I need to write a book about this topic. I felt like I had so much to say about it. So that really was the inspiration. Narrating the audiobook was harder for sure than I would have imagined. It was just harder to live through those same stories. The intensity of the emotions that I felt. There's a story about my sister. There's a story about my dad. There are my stories, many of which are really difficult. I could write about them on, on the page, but then recounting them verbally was almost like a completely different experience. And it was very raw. And there was something beautiful about it, too. So I would say it was harder, but it was also better than I would have imagined. There's more than one word I realized I didn't know how to pronounce, which is kind of embarrassing and sort of like, you know, why, why write the words if you can't actually say them? One, I've been saying my whole life wrong, which is I thought it was maniacally. It's maniacally, but I thought it was maniacally. And then there was another one, too. I always thought T-U-M-U-L-T was tumult, right? Because it's tumultuous. But it's not. It's tumult. And then there was unfathomable. You know, there, there were at least eight or ten, to be honest. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I guess I would say what I'm proudest of is also what was the hardest, which is when I read the words about some of the stories, my story about recovery, my sister's story, the ability to actually share those, I hope and I think that by sharing them, they'll be helpful to readers and listeners. So I'm proudest of the fact that I was willing to do that, that I could open myself up and be really, really vulnerable. You know, I think my dream narrator would be Krista Tippett. I listen to her show every Sunday on NPR. She has a beautiful voice. It's just such a calm voice. And she lives in a really interesting world of sort of deep thought, great questions, and a spiritual world, as well as a, a journalistic world. Hi, this is Ayelet Sabari. And I just finished recording my audiobook, The Art of Leaving. The Art of Leaving is a memoir about growing up Mizrahi in Israel, about growing up with grief and how it shaped me as a person. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be intense. And the other word would be emotional. <laughs> and that was surprising to me because I didn't expect to relive the experiences as intensely as I have. So I'm kind of, I'm grateful to that. It was a nice way to send this book 
out into the world after I went through it and experienced it again in such a profound way. I realized I had trouble pronouncing many words. <laughs> Because English is my second language, there were many words I thought I knew how to pronounce. Turned out I didn't. And apparently I specifically had issues with words that end with a TH and are plural. Don't ask me to give you examples because I never want to do that again. But that was very difficult for me. I am excited about having the book out in the audio world. First of all, I was really proud to be able to write my story in a language that is foreign to me. It is my second book, but it was my story, a story that large parts of it were experienced in Hebrew. And then being able to narrate it in English, which I found very challenging, but also very rewarding. And learning how to use my voice, the subtleties of voice. I'm a person who considers herself quite expressive. My face is always very expressive, and I couldn't rely on that. So learning to use the voice in a way that tells the story, that was very, very rewarding for me. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast... Hmm, that's not an easy one. It has to be someone who understands Hebrew, who has a bit of a Hebrew accent, an Israeli accent, and also can pronounce Arabic words. I would say Ofal Chaza, definitely. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.